This is the Sporting Heroes podcast from Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and this afternoon I'm joined by someone who is a broadcasting legend here on Merseyside, someone who was on the airwaves of Radio City for many, many years and continues to promote a large number of huge nights uh, right here in the city centre as well. It is a warm welcome to Pez Tellet. It's been a fun career for you. Yeah, I've had some great fun, mate. Really, really good. And it's great to be back in this studio because I used to broadcast from here quite regularly. In fact, every week. How did you uh, get into it all, first of all, then? Was music always a huge passion? Yeah, I've always been into my music um, from an early age, um, probably from my parents, you know, sitting in the back of the car and listening to what they were listening to and just getting into the whole music scene and and then just became a DJ um, doing parties that you might expect 18th and then 21st weddings etc mobile dj had the old kit <laughs> the little flashy lights and, uh, and then just moved on into clubs from there so yeah i've been doing it all since well since i was 16 how's that club scene changed then over those years well dramatically in that really there's not a lot of clubs left uh, you've probably noticed because there was a development um probably starting in the, the, the sort of late 90s um, where bars became more clubs because they were extending their licences until a later licence. So what happened was that the clubs were squeezed in that, you know, originally um, bars sort of shut at half past ten and then people went into the, the clubs after the bar to get an, a late drink. And then as you know now, you know, there are bars that I've got, well, some have got six o'clock licences. So... Um, they have sort of merged into 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 one thing. So yeah, it's 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 bit uh, it's a bit different to when I started. But um, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, you have to just develop with the way things go. And uh, I've, I'm still doing what I'm doing, still putting nights on, and still entertaining the public. And uh, not as a DJ anymore, more as a promoter. But uh, but yeah, having great fun with it. Really, really, really uh, enjoying myself and booking all sorts of different artists from Dappy to the Cheeky Girls to, you know, you name it. So having good fun. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned not so much a DJ anymore, but presenter on here uh, not so long ago. How fun, how proud were you to have that role? Oh, absolutely fantastic. You know, brilliant. Started in Stanley Street, the old studios over there. Had some great times, met some incredible people along the way, some really talented people and uh, you know just been loving every minute of that because you know it was such a great place to work and it's still great to come in here even today you know I still see loads of old faces old friends and it's great to see them and talk to them so yeah absolutely you know chuffed to bits that I got that opportunity and and it lasted a long time a long time over 20 years I think yeah. I remember listening to you when I was a kid growing up you and Lee Butler and those club nights of a weekend used to be so huge well, yes, we used to broadcast live from the 051, myself and Lee. Um, Dave Graham, we had some great times over there, fantastic. In fact, you can actually see it from here, can't you? You so, can. So, yeah, it's still there. It is uh, no longer a club, um, but um, they're going to be developing it into student accommodation, I think, which is the popular thing to oh, do these days. That's what we need. Yes, <laughs> there's not enough student accommodation. So the city changes all the time and expands and grows and it's great to see but uh, no, we've had some fantastic times and, and, and still great mates I'm still, still in touch with all the boys of course so uh, yeah we all get together occasionally and have some good times and remember all the, the good times that we had in here and alongside uh, all of that a massive football Liverpool fan as well yeah yeah go the game love that really big part of my life um, for many years of course I was on on a Saturday night um, so I couldn't go to the games because I had to prepare 
and then come in here and broadcast. And I used to come on after the phone in, the famous phone in. Um, well, there was a few that presented it. Derek Hatton was uh, yes. was one of them uh, that I still see in the city. Derek's always uh, a controversial character, to say the <laughs> least. Uh, Simon O'Brien was another one that did uh, did the show. So um, Chris Milo, there's been many, Phil Easton. So, yeah, there was loads. So, um, yeah, I, I used to come on after the back of that. So I couldn't often get to the game. Uh, midweek I could go, but not on a Saturday because I was busy working. Football then, how did you first get into Liverpool? Through my dad, really, you know. I think it's always, you know, passed down from generation to generation. So, yeah, um, you know, he was a big uh, big football fan and uh, and got me into that, watching it. And, and of course, it was, it, you know, the way Liverpool played football in those days was phenomenal. And, and it's sort of returned now, really. But, I mean, you know, we were consistently incredible to watch you know and, and the names just changed but the the, the free-flowing football the attacking football was was great to behold and and you know they were winning everything so you know um it was great to watch but yeah no he was he was uh, the one who brought me into it yeah can you remember your first game my first game I spoke about, I think, on here. Um, yeah, I think it was the Man City um, at home when Peter Barnes was playing. I probably sound about 101 saying that. <laughs> but um, we did do that feature. <laughs> I was last in here. But um, I can't remember what that would be. Probably 76, something like that, maybe. Long before my time. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, but so many great memories and great games throughout those seventies, eighties, and early nineties as well. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it's been it's been it's been a great ride. I mean, you know, we haven't won the league to say, but there's been trophies along the way, uh, and and those teams were phenomenal. Yeah, the eighties particularly amazing, and uh, the ones I remember the most. But you know, um, the, the 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 Suarez season. You know, the SAS season with Brendan, you know, I mean, it was great to watch. I mean, you know, there was goals going in both ends, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was good to watch and exciting. But I, I think, you know, now, you know, it's, it, it's. I think Klopp's just done a fantastic job. Unbelievable. And it's just so good to watch. And, and also this is sustained, I think, you know, as long as he stays, I think, you know, this is going to go on for some time, as long, as long as he stays, because... You know, they're competitive now, it's a young team, so it's great to watch. And, and, you know, who knows where they're going to go with it? You know, they look like they're going to challenge for so many years to come. Would you agree? I absolutely would agree. I think they've got a very, very good chance at going forward and they're right at the top of that tree uh, with Manchester City at the moment. It's Radio City Talk. You're listening to Full Time and I'm doing a sporting hero uh, with Pez Tellert uh, this afternoon. Uh, Let's get on to your sporting hero then. Is it someone who comes from those great Liverpool sides of the 70s and 80s? Well, it has to be, and I'm sure that many people have picked this particular sporting <laughs> hero, but in this city, you don't really look any further than Sir Kenneth Dalglish, do you? You certainly don't. Uh, it's not just Kenny Dalglish, the player, it's Kenny Dalglish, the, the man as well. Oh, I was going to say that, yeah, because, you know, um, not just a fantastic footballer, but I think he really... The way he handled the Hillsborough, it was just, you know, it was an unbelievable thing. And he wasn't so old when he was doing that. And it was a great thing. And I think everyone recognised what he was going through, how he was dealing with that terrible tragedy. And I just think that that was really the other thing that sticks in everybody's minds about Kenny. Fabulous footballer, great manager. Um, I think it's four times he's won... 
the league, isn't it not? Mm. He's won it with Blackburn as well, hasn't he? That, and yeah. the times with Liverpool. Yeah, he has actually won the Premier League mm. and, and, and obviously three, I think, with Liverpool. Um, so a great manager, done a double. Um, but as, as, a, as a person, you know, handling that tragedy, I think he was, he was phenomenal. And, it, and, he, and he, people saw him in a different light as well, you know, and, and what a man he is. Um, and uh, his wife as well with her health issues and, and, you know, he supported her fantastically well. And, and, and thankfully she's fine now, I think. So, so you know, just the, the, the way we've all sort of grown up with Kenny and, and I think, you know, it's, it's the way that this city, you know, has took him to the hearts and I just think he's such a great guy. Uh, and, you know, he's still here, he still goes to the game, he's still, you know, hugely involved. You know, you see him all the time. Um Thankfully, I've met him. He's a, he's a, he's a top top guy. Um, I met him up here actually um, when we won the the European Cup in two thousand and five. Kenny was up here looking at the masses down below, um, and his daughter Kelly, of course, was doing the commentary and hosting of the homecoming from us winning the European Cup. And Phil Easton, the late great Phil Easton, was up here with Kenny. And uh, he said, I've got to go down now and, and I meet Kelly. And we sort of said, well, good luck with that, mate. You know, you've got to get through all that crowd there. An absolute Liverpool icon and legend. And he was going to make his way from the tower to St. George's Hall steps. And uh, he got there, obviously, but uh, I don't know how long it took him. Probably a couple of days. Yes. <laughs> uh, what was it like for you meeting him for the first time then? Fantastic, because um, I came up and I was with my two sons, Zach and Ethan, and um, we came up and Phil Olivia was doing a commentary from up here. Uh, Phil Easton was up with Kenny and they got to meet him as well. And we got a picture and we've still got that picture now, still on the mantelpiece. And, you know, they they recognise such a great guy as well in terms of the footballer, but also the man. So I was delighted that, you know, I met him and uh, the boys met him as well. Can you remember what he said to you? But he's always. <laughs> I can't remember what he said to me exactly. No, because he's not. He's hard to understand sometimes, Kenny, isn't he? You know, but he's a great personality, and he's got a good smile on his face, and he's he's got a quick sense of humour. You know, so yeah, he was uh, he was great with the boys, and uh, no, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy, great guy. To Kenny, the footballer, what was it like watching him play all those years ago? Well, brilliant, you know, because that that team, you know, especially with Rush, um, you know, going forward, they were fantastic. They had that sort of telepathic understanding together and so many great goals. But he was such a cute, clever player, wasn't he? And and you always, you know, remember him with his, you know, with, with his arse out, can I say that, his bottom <laughs> out, um, you know, backing into players, but then turning them, you know, and, and, and little through balls and, and just, just the, the way you want to play football yourself, really, you know what I mean? And that absolute master of of just, just that wizardry of finding the light ball at the right time and, and, and just, he was different class, you know, um, really, really world class. Of course he was world class. Have you seen any other player at Liverpool on that level? Um, I like Luis Suarez. I know he's not particularly popular with a lot of people, but I just thought as a footballer, take the rest of it aside, I thought he was, you know, a top, top player. And we were very lucky to have him. We'd been through a bit of the doldrums in terms of the finances with the Hicks and Gillette thing. And, you know, the team wasn't incredible, but um, he could win a game on his own. 
And I think, you know, he's one of those players and he's been justified in that he's gone to, you know, the top team in Europe, Barcelona. So, you know, he, he probably was the best striker in the world, I think, when he was playing for Liverpool. So, you know, I think he was of a similar level. Um, however, he didn't do it for the length of time that Kenny did it for. So, you know, you've got to take that into account. And I think, you know, that's that he's not quite at that, that level. I'm just looking at Kenny's stats. I think he won eight league titles as a manager and player during his time at Liverpool. One of them as a player manager, which is remarkable in itself. He won uh, the FA Cup uh, on a couple of occasions, uh, the League Cup on more than one occasion as well, the European Cup three times. It's not a bad CV. Well, you think about it now. I mean, player manager. I mean, it's just unheard of. It couldn't happen, could it now? It just couldn't happen. I mean, you know, but he did it and he won things with it. So, I mean, amazing. And he changed that team. You know, he had a difficult job in that he had to replace some of his teammates that he played with throughout. And he recognised that he needed to bring new blood in. John Barnes, for example, Ray Alton, I think he brought in. Uh, Aldo, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he had to replace people that, you know, were friends and colleagues, and and that must have been very, very difficult. So, you know, the fullbacks, I think, had to both change as well. So, yeah, no, it was an incredible job that he did, and uh, and he kept kept us winning. He certainly did. A wonderful sporting hero to have uh, the great uh, Sir Kenny Dalglish. Pez, thank you for your time. Just before I let you go, you've got some events coming up uh, in the near future. Yeah, always got events coming up. Um, I do Fridays hashtag. Liverpool and Chester, and I've got a great thing coming up, uh, 7th of July, which is at Neston Cricket Club, which is a summer pops thing where we've got Odyssey, the old uh, funk and soul band, and um, a character called Mr Bloom coming. It's a family fun day, uh, cheap and cheerful, get yourself down, and uh, it runs from 12 till 6pm for all the family, so you can come along. Day after my birthday. Ah, we can celebrate together. (laughs) We can indeed. Pez, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Pez Tellett joining me for a sporting hero here on the Radio City Talk Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones. Of course, hit the subscribe button and you'll be able to get all the latest podcasts as they come right in your inbox. They'll download for you automatically. On top of that, if you want to listen to them live, I'm right here on Radio City Talk every day, uh, weekday that is, between 3 and 6.30. But you hear Sporting Heroes on a Wednesday at 4.45. You can get us on your DAB radio. You can get us on AM in the Northwest on 1548 Medium Wave. Or, of course, you can get us on the Radio City Talk app.